You can listen to this show all over again as a podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, TuneIn, Apple Podcast, and wherever podcasts are found. Best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the TV Confidential podcast, go to the homepage at televisionconfidential.com and click subscribe now. Hi, this is Lorraine Newman, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Roberts with a reminder that we will welcome back Howard Storm and Steve Stolyer in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us for another look at recently released DVD and streaming titles that we think you will find of interest. You can read Greg twice a month, cartoonresearch.com. What do you have for us today? I think that I will hum this one. Da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. These are the original Pink Panther cartoons by Patty Freeling, which uh, some now you tell me, you tell me, obviously you, you'll correct me if I get this wrong. Some of these aired on NBC. Many of these aired theatrically, did they not? Actually, uh, most of them started theatrically in 1964. And then in 1969, NBC began running them uh, with a with a laugh track on Saturday morning. I started seeing them on Saturday morning. I, I thought it was uh, a revelation years later at like Saturday matinees and things to see these cartoons on a big screen because I didn't think of them as theatricals from that context. But yeah, they were they were actually the last of the great theatrical Hollywood cartoons that connected to the original era. And Frizz Freeling himself was probably the one animation legend whose career spanned the silent days of animation, going back to Walt Disney in Kansas City, all the way to the end of the classic short era in the 70s, because this was his company, the Patty Freeling. Right now, the earworm in my head is one of the I don't remember where, remember whether this is a promo, but there were several incarnations of the Pink Panther on NBC television in the 60s and 70s, and one of which was something called the New Pink Panther Show, P-E-I-N-K-P-A-N-T-H-E-R, yeah. the New Pink yeah. Panther Show. Yeah, that was the second one. That, that, that was, I think, Pantherly Pink. You know that he's a groovy cat, and he's a gentleman, a scholar, he's a acrobat, he's the Pink Panther, rinketing panther. And it's as plain as your nose. That's that's the one that was the the second Pink Panther show, P P A N T H E R, and that also went together with the Pink Panther Flakes commercial. Was similar to that. Uh, I was a I was an avid uh, uh, Saturday morning uh, eater of Pink Panther Flakes cereal, which would turn your milk pink. It was yeah. basically frosted flakes. It was, yeah, I was going to say it's either the, it the equivalent of frosted flakes or pink corn flakes. It's pretty much what they were, but yeah. by post. So I guess it was post toasties, but it was uh, it was Pink Panther, so it yeah. made it different. And that was and that commercial is on one of the uh, the DVD or Blu-rays uh, that Kino Lorber just released. The theme song from the very first 1969 NBC version which was the first Pink Panther show. Think of all the animals you ever, ever saw. That one, which was accompanied by, I believe, a live action Pink Panther mobile. It was George Barris' design, racing down a uh, drag strip or something. 
that was that is on one of these as well, not visually. Uh, it's under a, an explanation of the uh, Pinkouts special feature. The Pinkouts was one of the theatrical cartoons uh, that was like Laugh-In or Ernie Kovacs. It was a, a short cartoon that had little gags that instead of being blackouts, they were pinkouts. So there were short gags with the Pink Panther and what they called the little man. It was that little man who was sort of egg-shaped and they say was a uh, based on a caricature of Frizz Freeling, just like Yosemite Sam was based on Chris Freeling. And he was off in the foil for the Pink Panther. Well, what they did on the television show was to make it feel more like a show. In between the cartoons, they would have these little interstitial moments with the great announcer, uh, Marvin Miller, who used to be on The Millionaire. And the voice of the FBI for, for eight, yes. of the, eight of the nine seasons. Yes. And he, he was just sort of narrating over the pink outs. So they would have him just saying, oh, what a nice day. Pink Panther is doing this. And then he's doing that. Oh, you better prune the, this uh, tree and that kind of thing. But he was really narrating an existing cartoon footage. And Pink Outs was the first cartoon that they cut into these interstitials. So what they did uh, as a bonus feature is take that and edit it together into a little montage. And before that, you get to hear what the theme song sounded like. So you get a little taste of the television show. Also, they have Pink Outs presented in its theatrical form, in its television form with the laugh track, uh, and also with some commentaries. There is a lot of bonus material on these, uh, this, which I just, you know, it's like catnip to me. Well, there's, there's a lot of material, period. This is a six Blu-ray edition, the Pink Panther cartoon collection available through Kino Lorber Animation. Now, are these available individually or are they available as one set with all six Blu-rays? Whichever you prefer, whichever you prefer, because um, the Pink Panther cartoons did evolve and change over the years. See, the story began when uh, the Patty Freeling was established in the early 60s because the Warner, as many cartoon studios, were, were, were phasing out their cartoons. And in the early 60s, Warner was well, closing down their cartoon division, and they were finishing off a lot of their projects. And David DePatty, who was a young executive at Warner Brothers and was a film editor, was uh, assigned the television commercials and whatever you know, graphics and things like that and placing commercials into television shows. Now, this was when in an era where big studios were still not crazy over TV. One of the show, one of his biggest accounts at Warner at the time was Maverick and uh, other shows that Warner Brothers produced. And so he was assigned to have Warner um, animation and things done uh, for those and to introduce the idea of using animation for titles and graphics and things like that. So... Uh, Animation was, but it was being, they, they were actually working on The Incredible Mr. Limpet at that time. When Warner, just before it was closing down, uh, his job also was to have the artists work on television-related projects like The Bugs Bunny Show. So those interstitial moments with the characters talking between the cartoons on stage, the This Is It theme song. Each one of the famous Warner directors, uh, Robert McKimson, Chuck Jones, Chris Freeling, they, got, they took turns directing those segments, introducing the cartoons to make that like a show. 
and, and they took out the original film credits uh, from the theatrical versions. So that was early Warner Brothers television animation when they were sort of making that transition, but not quite. But then they finally just closed that down and the Patty decided, well, there's still a market for this, but the big studios really still didn't want to get into TV animation or limited animation, even though Hanna-Barbera had proven and other companies had proven that it was a market for it. They were still skittish about it. So what he did was he contacted Frizz Freeling and said, let's create a company and we will do titles and graphics and, and provide that sort of thing in a lot of commercials. And that's exactly what they did. What he did was negotiate to use the same office space and studio space on the lot. And they continued to produce Warner Brothers cartoons for Warner Brothers studios, but they were really the, the Patty Freeling company way into the 60s. So a lot of those later Warner cartoons that aren't quite of the, of the same level of the ones from the 30s, 40s, 50s, those are really the Patty Freeling cartoons. And it wasn't their forte because that wasn't what they, those, those, you can't take one group of creative things and ha hand it to a different people and expect it to be the same. Just like Hanna-Barbera's, Hanna and Barbera's MGM, Tom and Jerry's are very different when done by Gene Deitch and by Chuck Jones. They're just not the same. So those, yeah. But when DePatty Frilling was doing titles and stuff, they started developing their own style. The I Dream of Genie titles, were made by the Patty Freeling, um, the Wild Wild West, uh, a lot, a lot of movies. So through mutual acquaintances, they uh, it was discovered that Blake Edwards wanted a title for this Pink Panther movie. The Pink Panther was a jewel, was a diamond, that was the focus of this heist movie, and the star was David Niven, not Peter Sellers. And, fact, Ro Peter and Robert was, Wagner. And Robert Wagner and. Cappuccino, who yeah. I always would call Cappuccino as a kid. Yeah. And uh, Claudia Cardinale. And it was, it was really, Peter Sellers was not the focus. And we'll talk some more about the original Pink Panther movie from 1964, and specifically how the famous opening title sequence really led to the theatrical Pink Panther cartoons and later the various Pink Panther cartoon series on television when we carry over our conversation with Greg Airbar into our second hour. We will also give away a few copies of the Pink Panther cartoon collection Blu-ray when we come back. Then we will welcome back prolific television director Howard Storm. All that more when we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at 
TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.